I want to speak to you today about acts of faith. Acts of faith. Can you say that with me? Acts of faith. And we're going to turn to Mark chapter 2 in the word of the Lord today. And before we get there and we read that, I want to tell you what this is all about. As we come into this new series for the next three weeks, I want to say this. We're talking about big things happen when we act in faith. How many of you are with me? Big things happen when you and I act in faith. And what I want to acknowledge is, is our tendency is to make decisions that we're comfortable with. And our tendency is to simply play it safe and only do what we feel is rational. But God has called us to acts of faith. How many of you believe that? God has called us to acts of faith. So in order to get your life moving forward, for some of you today, you've got to let down your guard in one area or another. And uh, you've got to stop maybe overanalyzing what God says to do and simply be willing to make decisions that the world doesn't even understand. Did you hear me? That we many times think, think if it doesn't add up in my mind, I'm not going to do it. I'm not even going to think that way. But we got to understand as we come that I'm speaking to those of you today that maybe come and you need to lower, you need to lower your guard. In one area or another, as we talk about this series, society has a tendency today to overthink and underact. You and I see that. Our society, we tend to overthink it. We underact in our lives, and we want to go against that. When it comes to thoughts, God's plan, and the next bold step that God has for us in our life, we want to engage in acts of faith. Engage in acts of faith. So it's the best life to be lived, exciting life, this side of heaven, whenever we engage in acts of faith. Mark chapter 2, verse 1 and it says there, and again, he, Jesus, entered Capernaum. After some days, the people heard that he was in the house. And immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four men. And I, I want you to really notice these next couple of phrases here. Since they could not get this paralyzed man to Jesus because of the crowd, because of the crowd. Say with me, because of the crowd. Somebody say the crowd. They made an opening in the roof. Somebody say the roof. Yes, say it again. Right. The roof above Jesus, by digging down into it, that they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying on. When Jesus saw, I want you to understand that, when Jesus saw, when Jesus saw their faith, when Jesus saw what? Their faith. He said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Then you go down to verse 11, and Jesus said to them, I tell you, to this man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, walked out in full view of them all, and this amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Somebody shout, wow. Yeah, so I believe on a day like today, 
that you can sit down one way and get up another. No, how many of you are with me? You didn't, you didn't hear me today, that you and I can come and sit down one way and we can get up another. Are you with me today? Come on, come on. Acts of faith, acts of faith, acts of faith. That's what I'm talking about today. That's what God's word is saying to us, and we need to understand that. So what I want you to understand is this. I believe that even in a service that like today, we have already engaged in acts of faith in preparation for this service. That there are acts of faith that already went forward. That is who we are. That's what we do. That's just how we roll. And we have to understand that before you and I got here today, that we took the time as staff this week, and many of you did as well, that you prayed for this service. That you believed God that great things would happen we believed by faith that God would come and his presence would be here, that we don't take that for granted. That we plan before we got here. That, that when you and I got out of our vehicles today, there were, there were people in the parking lot that were welcoming you and me, amen? That there were greeters at the door, that we have ushers, we have people in place, that there, there are people over there with our children right now that are engaged in acts of faith, that, that are spending time with your students, that are engaged in acts of faith long before you and I got here, that there were people planning and preparing, that the worship team practiced, the worship team prepared and they played and they ushered us into the presence of the Lord. What am I saying? There are acts of faith that have already gone forward before the services started today. And I want to say this today that, that I just want to give a great big hand clap of thanks to those throughout this campus right now, many of which you, you never even see them because they're in classrooms and they're behind the scenes and they're doing such an amazing job week in and week out. And I'm so very thankful for their lives, but I want us today to give them a great big hand clap for all that they do. Come on. Amen. Amen. Yes. Yes. It's amazing what God is doing in preparation for our services every week. And today, I want to talk to you about engaging our faith, about ripping off the roof, ripping off the roof. Somebody say, ripping off the roof. Come on, come on, say it to your neighbor, rip off the roof. Come on, tell your other neighbor now, rip off the roof. Come on, you're going to have to engage with me today, all right? So tell yourself, rip off the roof. Listen, you've got to have a problem in order to get a miracle. Are you with me today? You are in the lineup if you've got a problem today. You are in the lineup for a miracle of God because they are prerequisites. And many times we run from problems. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I don't want anything to do with that problem. I want to run from it in my life. Well, it's a problem coming. I'm just going to try to take a step around that, divert, detour. God, get me out of this. But it is the very place where God shows up in the miraculous when you and I have a problem. Listen, what's a story without a struggle anyways? Amen? What is a story without a struggle in our lives, right? It makes the story a little more interesting, doesn't it? We don't know a lot about this paralyzed man, but we do know that he was surrounded by friends, 
with faith. You surround, and I just want to, I just want to say this right from the top here, that who you surround yourself with matters. Who you surround yourself with matters. How many of you are thankful today for the people in your life who have helped you in your journey of faith? Come on, can I see your hands? Yeah, amen. Yeah, yeah. I I am too. I'm thankful for those in my life that have helped me and continue to help me in my journey of faith. And you're thankful and I'm thankful. But what if these friends had told this paralyzed man that they thought it was a waste of time even trying to get close to Jesus? What if they gave up easily? You know, that they got close enough, they looked at the crowd, and man, it's packed out inside of there, up to the doors, and you see that. And they say, oh man, it's completely packed. We're never going to get in there. See, the house, it's full. See, this story could have been so much different, but because of their tenacious act of faith, they had a rip-off-the-roof kind of faith, this man's life and their lives were forever changed. I want you to notice in verse 5, the scripture says, when Jesus saw their faith. How do you see faith? Like if we look at it, like faith is actually many times we think it's invisible, it's intangible, it's the substance of things hoped for, right? That's what the Bible says. But how do you see faith? See faith, you see it through action. That's how you see faith. This could read, when Jesus saw their acts of faith, when Jesus saw their acts of faith, you know, that they were engaged in the moment. They were engaged day by day. They were engaged helping other people come to Jesus, that they were engaged in their faith. Listen, great moves of God before us, where God has come and ministered and touched not only churches, but cities, communities, and it's been in nations of the earth. Let me tell you something that moves of God occurred more than people just believing. Because the Bible says even the demons believe. Are you with me? Some people have a great belief system, and that's where they leave it. But it's when men and women of God did acts of faith and engaged their faith with their belief system that God showed up and did something great. Church, it's going to take more than our belief systems to break through, like we sang about today, and to reach people that are around us and reach a community and reach a nation that is in need of the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, that Jesus saw their faith. This is really important because maybe you never thought of your acts of faith as influencing or affecting God's work in your life. If so, that's pretty common. You're not alone because many people think that. Many people think that. God's going to do what God's going to do irregardless of what I do. Come on, I'm going to push back into your personal theology today. Because that's how people respond many times. Well, you know what? God's going to do it irregardless of what I do anyways. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Man, you know, he's God, I'm man, I don't have anything to do with it. But the truth is, the truth is there's two kinds of promises. And here's a bit of theology through the word. There are two kinds of promises in God's word. One is what we call unconditional promise. That means it's going to happen regardless of what you or me or anybody wants to happen. God's going to do it. 
But then there's what's called conditional promises inside of God's word that you see. And conditional promises are the promises in what you and I participate in. And when we act in faith, even salvation, like if you think about this and you believe in the power of salvation, that that God would answer the prayer of a person who would confess their sins and believe in him for eternal life. If you believe that so much, then you believe in the conditional promises of God. Because what happens is the Bible says to us, confess your sins and he is faithful in just to what? Forgive us of all of our sins. What is that? What's taking place right there? So this is the act of faith where we engage our faith, and when we act in faith, we see God shows up, and we understand when we show God our faith, God shows us his faithfulness. Did you catch that? Back to the story. The first act of faith for the guys in the story was to get past the crowd. Get past the crowd. Can you say that with me? Get past the crowd. Everybody here has a crowd in life. I'm going to talk a little about about this because I think it's a bigger deal than a lot of people realize in terms of an act of faith. There's some of you that if someone were to ask you why you're remaining distant towards God, you might say that's people that maybe you've known who call themselves Christians but have behaved badly or you seem that they are hypocritical or treated someone that you know unfairly. And that would be the crowd to you. That you get so far towards God and you've gone into that and then you encountered what maybe you know, the word's called hypocrites. Hypocrites. You know, people that are no better than I am and I don't see the real need to really like go beyond where I'm at. I am staying at a distance from God. I'm staying at a distance from church. I'm staying back because I've seen people that are hypocrites, and because of them, I I don't want to be like them. And the reality for you is that if you don't pass the crowd, you're never going to get to Jesus. Before you can get to Jesus and have God work in your life at the next level, you're, you're going to have to let God, listen to me, you and I are going to have to let God be the judge of other people. And you're going to have to get your way past what somebody else did or somebody else said or they did to you or somebody in your family. And you think that, you know, I'm justified by staying away. You're going to have to leave that in the hands of God. By faith, you're going to have to take a step of faith and leave that up to God who knows all things and focus your attention on getting to Jesus. One person said this. I don't know who it is or I'd give them, you know, credits for this. But they said this. If a hypocrite is between you and God, the hypocrite is closer to God than you are. And see, what we do many times is we put what people did and said, and we put them between us and God. And then we build our little theology around that when ultimately we should just leave it into the hands of God anyways and keep going after Jesus. Hmm. Some of you say, man, that is really hard. You're right. I'm, 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 I'm not saying that. It's not. You don't know what they did. You, you don't know what happened. You don't know what I've seen and heard of these people, them, them, them. And I would say yes, but don't let that stop you because that can lead you then to your next act of faith. So many have let that stop them dead in their tracks when really they should just let it move them to their next act of faith of what God's called them to live in. And so it is true. You've got to get past the crowd. 
For others of you, the crowd's going to represent the people who don't want you to do what they're not doing. The minute you start moving your life forward by coming to church and by talking about wanting something better for your life than what the world has to offer you, you're going to experience the disapproval of the crowd that's around you, if you haven't already. You're going to experience that people just have a tendency in any steps forward that you take in your life that, that people don't want you to take step forward towards God or making your life better with his help or try to talk you out of it. They, they like to say, man, man, come on. Like the minute you're moving forward, that means you're getting beyond them and you're making them uncomfortable. You know, like if you're going on a diet, you're going on a diet, man, you got a personal mission in, in, in the crowd still eating pizza. I mean, they would rather keep you fat and hold you back. I mean, with me. Yeah, yeah so you want to you, you lose weight and you want to do all these things, but you're still hanging out with a pizza crowd. Right? And what do you do? Is you, well, you can make them feel better by joining in with a pizza party. So, so before you can get to Jesus, you're going to have to decide that you're not going to be intimidated by their disapproval. And I believe that anybody that comes to Christ has got to be willing to forsake all others if they have to. Mark chapter 10, 29, 30. It's a foundational scripture verse that Jesus said. The Bible says this. You know, father, mother, brother, sister. I'm saying that there's something about following Christ that you have to be willing to go even if your parents haven't gone there or your brothers or sisters haven't gone there or the people that are around you so that you can go after Christ and to accept their disapproval along the way. So many of you here today have gone past that and you've blown through that and you've gotten past the crowd to go to the approval of one. You know, like people say, you're going to church today? I mean, weren't you there last week? Some of you got that in your own homes. You're going to church today? I mean, weren't you just there? The disapproval of the people that are in your lives many times that try to hold you back from God's very best, they're there. But unless you get past the crowd, you can't rip off the roof. That's really hard to do. But yeah, that is your next act of faith. It's amazing to hear when people invite other people to Abundant Life Church, because we hear stories about this all the time. We see that in people's lives, and they're, you know, they're inviting. And sometimes we hear the story where, hey, I've been inviting somebody at work or my neighbor for a long time. They haven't come yet, but I'm still praying, and I'm still going to engage them. I'm still going to go after and invite them. And, and then there's other stories where we hear where people are inviting other people, and they're coming, and, and you see the life change. And, and, and I want to go back to make sure that we understand this, because we've been talking about this a lot. But a win for us as Abundant Life is that when a regular attender brings an unchurched friend who decides to return. That, that's a win for us. But then you go through it, that's just one part of it. Then you have the long-term part of it, which is life change. Because how many of you know life change sometimes doesn't take place immediately? It takes some time for people to get an understanding of Jesus and how much he loves them, but, you know, really 
disapproves of what they're doing. And it takes time to go through that and, and to become like Christ and have the character of Jesus. So, so do you see inside of that that it, it takes both of us, there's conditional promises that we see even in the winds for our life, that we do our part by inviting unchurched people and that they would come back, but also we know that it's fully in the hands of God that he would change their life. Together. And I, I tell you this because we as a church are called through the word of the Lord as well as the worldwide body of Christ to engage in acts of faith. Engage in acts of faith can be as simple as saying, hey, man, our 22 small groups that we have going right now, that is an opportunity for those of you that are not connected that keep giving pathetic uh, reasons why you don't go to small group yeah, and all those other things. All right, that's another story. Um, do you still love me today? Yeah. I, I, I'm engaging you, and let me tell you something. If I can't push you past your personal best, and all you've come for is a TED Talk. Some people want to come to church and hear a good TED Talk. That's not this. That's not this. That I'm willing to engage and go be a part of a small group, even though I don't know the leader, and I'm just going to go because I, I saw it and I read it and somebody invited me, that, that you're going to push past that and you're going to get past, you know, that, that and you're going to have an act of faith that I'm going to step into the small group. I don't even know the leader. I don't even know the people in there. Or, or Wednesday night on our, on our Crave night for our students. That some of you students that are here, you've never darkened the door on Wednesday night. And listen, we want to invite you because there's a great opportunity for you is you'll just come as an act of faith and you'll just come and get out of your house and you'll come and get out of your comfort zone and you'll step in and you'll get to know other young people on that night to encourage and build your faith as well as our young adult ministry that happens on our Friday nights and throughout the week that if you'll just come in and take a step out of your comfort zone that you'll begin to engage in acts of faith. Amen? Amen. I, and I just want to encourage you, those of you today, we got people, and we love people, we love streaming and all of that, but, but listen, I want to encourage you, and I'm looking right into the camera, I want to encourage those of you that are within driving distance of this church to just, just push beyond, push beyond your comfort zone and come and find a body of believers that are going to encourage you and you're going to find yourself in the presence of God every week that if you were within driving distance, you would just come and you would sense the presence of the Lord together with us as a body and stop getting up on Sunday morning and staying in bed watching streaming on your phone or on your computer when you could be here in person. And I say that because I love you, because you're not living God's best when you do that. To push beyond and engage in acts of faith, whatever it may be. You know, in two weeks, we're going to be receiving a Heart for the House offering. And like I told the first service, if you're tired of me talking about Heart for the House or one of our pastors, too bad, too late, because we're going to keep talking about it. Because in two weeks, we're going to receive a miracle sacrificial offering to our new campus. And I am trusting the Lord, I am trusting the Lord that you are hearing from God on the figure that he is putting in your heart and your mind for this miracle sacrificial offering 
that's going to go to our church plant in Clearbrook, to Abundant Life Clearbrook, that God is going to put a number in your heart and in your spirit that he wants you to give, and we're going to participate in this together as an act of faith. Amen? And some of you are like, I know what you're trying to do, Pastor John. You're trying to push me. Actually, I am. Because I want to move you towards acts of faith. To get you a little bit more uncomfortable to get you going. And you may not thank me now, but you'll thank me in heaven. You see, if you want to see God work in your lives, we have to keep our minds open to the possibilities that seem impossible. You and I have to be willing to see God work in our lives and to keep our minds open to the possibilities that seem impossible. That's your next step of faith. In Matthew chapter 19, Jesus says, with man this is impossible, but with God it all becomes possible, right? Impossible with us, possible with him. For you and I, sometimes an act of faith shows up when things don't work out immediately or the way that we plan, and we need to just summon and engage our faith to believe that it's not over yet. And today, what's, what's amazing is, as we come in, into this atmosphere of God's presence, there are so many times, there's so many people that are here that, that uh, have miracles that happen in their life, and God shows up, and many times we, we don't uh, get to maybe talk about it, but, but we hear it and we thank the Lord. But today, uh, we want to share with you a video right here uh, from our own church of people that go here that really was an act of faith. My name is Sandra. I'm the mother of two daughters. And one day in April, it was a Sunday, we went to bed and we were uh, awakened by someone pounding on the door. And he was frantic saying, Megan's been in a horrible accident. We have to get to the hospital. And we're praying in Jesus' name and just crying and trying to get to the hospital. And when we get there, fear came right away. And then panic. The uh, impatience with the staff, waiting, waiting, please tell me something. And they tried to do their best. God love them. They came and they would tell me, you know, we're still working on her. Are you okay? Can I get you anything? They were very welcoming with that, but it was there was impatience there. And, and then, then we found out her injuries were quite severe. Um, first of all, we, we found out that they found her lying in a ditch of uh, standing water. She had um, broken neck and spine and every, every vertebrae had a, a fracture in it and broken pelvis, 12 broken ribs. Um, both lungs collapsed. They were both bruised, two blood clots. Um, she had had four mini strokes and, and the, the, her liver lacerated, they said, and her spleen just destroyed. And her, um, the, the, the artery that is um, responsible for sight, you know, the sight, it was scratched and they were worried that she would not see. She lost so much blood. She had had seven transfusions just there. And, you know, it was just a dire situation. And you think it was a cold, dark night it was raining. It was like after 10 at night and, and she's on the side of the road pouring rain in that ditch. 
and I worked, she was alone, and she wasn't alone. She wasn't alone. God was with her. He was with her, and Jesus was holding her hand, and, and he had her. And he's not let us go yet. They came in, and they, they said I could see her. When, when I saw her, the panic, the panic, like, this is real. This is really happening. But I had to remember, and I have to beg the Holy Spirit, you are the spirit of truth. Remind me what he has done, how he's moved these mountains for my children, and he's going to continue to do it. And I know you can do this. You're going to move this mountain. Healer, Lord, healer. Immediately, that Psalm 27 popped into my head. Lord, I'm going to remain confident in this, that I'm going to see the goodness of you, the goodness in the land of the living now, here, now, this summer, this month, this week, this day, you're going to move it for me, move the mountain. When they kept coming in the room and they would say, you know, she's not out of the woods yet, we're getting her there. And uh, a doctor did come in and say, you know, we don't know if she, if she will walk. She's had some spine injuries and um, I was not receiving that. I was not. They thought she was going to lose from the knee down, that she was going to lose the limb. And once again, nope, she's going to walk. She's going to dance. She is not going to lose that limb. I'm not going to receive that. Thank you. Get back in the room and work on her. You know, by then, family knows, friends know that they're, you know, that this has happened. And they're trying to come in and then they want to come in crying. I could see them. I was standing by the door and I would not allow it. I was like, stay out. You have to come in and bless her or give thanksgiving. We're gonna, we're gonna praise God that she is gonna make it and she's, she's being healed right now. All embarrassment, all I didn't care, my arms were up. Thank you, Lord, thank you. I was blessing the doctors, the nurses, the staff, the EMTs, I was just blessing everyone. Thank you, thank you. Thanks for letting God work through your hands and your minds. Looking back, he was with me the whole time. I. You, you, you look back and how did you go through that? How did you stay so strong? And it wasn't me, it wasn't me, it was God. He carried me the whole time. In the natural you wanna say, you know, oh God, oh God, this is, this is horrible, this is horrible. But in my spirit, I had a feeling, a knowing, she's gonna be okay. It's gonna be a long road, but she's gonna be okay. And I just want someone that's if they're, if they're, they've got a diagnosis or they've got so long to go, I mean, just keep the faith. Keep thanking him. Thank him right now. Thank you. I have you, God. I can tap into the Holy Spirit. You are with me. And I, we, we're going to get through it. We can get through it. You can do it. You can do it with God. He's going to do it. I'm just so joyful and thankful to God, you know, through, through tears, you know, just so, so happy that he saved her. Amen. That's an act of faith. And listen, many of you prayed. And Sandra, thank you for telling that story. And listen, Megan is here with us this morning. She is right here. Come on, give the Lord a great big hand clap of praise. Come on. 
Come on, church, get out of your seat and give the Lord praise. Thank you, Lord. You're the miracle worker. Yes, Lord. Come on, come on, church, release your faith in this room. Yes, Lord, we bless you today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. Amen. Come on. Just as Sandra said, just thanking the Lord for what he has done and is yet to do. That's an act of faith. Thank you for sharing that story. I mean, I know that, man, God is powerfully upon you and you have seen and have felt the presence of the Lord. And let me tell you something. What is amazing in that story? I love that portion about Sandra. You're like, no, no. Doctors, don't give me that. Get back in there and work on her. And then when people come in and they're showing emotion that's different from what God's word has said and promised, you said, no, 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 you're gonna have to get out of the room. You're gonna have to realize, church, yeah, that you're gonna have to turn your back on the crowd sometimes. Come on, come on, for your faith, for you to engage and you go to the next level, you're gonna have to turn your back on the crowd. Some of you are so worried about the disapproval of man. When God says, listen, if you can just get past them, I will do an amazing, miraculous work in your life. But you gotta get past that. You, you gotta grow past that. You gotta grow past that. So I wanna encourage you, I love this chapter verse, Hebrews 10, 39. It says, but we do not belong to those who shrink back. Are you shrinking back today? We are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but rather we belong to those who have faith and are saved. This is about your salvation, but it applies to everything that God has for us. We're going to experience some setbacks, oppositions, resistance, adversity. But the writer is saying here, listen, we are not like those who shrink back and are destroyed. He uses the word we, inclusive, the we, the body of Christ. We don't back down, adversity, disappointment. You know, there's an old Tom Petty song. Oh, don't make me sing it, but, well, I won't back down. But you know, you know that one, right? Now, I won't back down. You can stand me up at the gates of hell, but I won't back down. See, you've got to remind, be reminded of whose you are. You've got to be reminded whose you are. And that's what Hebrew is, is saying here. This is what the writer is saying, that we don't shrink back. We don't give up. We are God's people. We belong to God's house. Listen, you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised at what an act of faith today, tomorrow, and next week will do because you'll look back and you'll see the impossible circumstances turned into possibilities in God's hand. You got to get past and push back all your rational thinking of why it can't happen because I know that's in our midst so many times, but you got to push past that. You got to push past sometimes the crowds in our own mind. That we believe that there's something greater for this church as we do God's word. I said as we do, not just believe, but as we do and engage in acts of faith right here in the Shenandoah Valley area. Planting a church is an act of faith. God's called us to do it. And let me tell you something. You can about imagine with the things in your life, there's this, this distraction, this comes, take your focus off that, complaints, nah, 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 nah. We don't want to do that. We want to stay here and just, oh, don't even get me. They're going there today. But I'm watch out, church, watch out. Rather than engage in acts of faith, come on. 
It takes men and women of God to engage in acts of faith. That means you and I are going to have to do something different than what we have done. Come on, I'm speaking to people's hearts today. You're going to have to engage at levels you've never engaged at before and put your faith in God. You need to hear that today. You might want to reconsider the walls that you have in your life, that the church is just an event rather than an encounter with the living God. What I want to say is I bring this down here because we're going to pray for people. We, we have our ministry team ready to pray for people right here, right now, because for some of you, that struck such a chord in your life that you saw that video, you heard the word of the Lord, and God is here to meet you now at your very point of need. But you've got to get this. If you never get past the struggle, you never get to the Savior. Some of you in this room today, you are stuck in your struggle and you have been there long enough. Will you engage in acts of faith today to push past that? Because listen, if all you do is stay in your struggle, you never get to the Savior. Can you imagine Jesus? He comes upon the scene here. You know, this man comes through the roof. I mean, this is just amazing. You picture it. He's being lowered down. He's got his friends that are there. And he looks at the man and says, hey, your sins are forgiven. You imagine the man be like us. What? My sins are forgiven. I got two legs that don't even work. What do you mean? Don't you see the condition that I am in here? I can't even walk. These guys had to help me get into this house today. So listen, what good is it if you have two great legs if your soul is broken? Because this is what we know with Jesus. Jesus always gives you more than you want. He gives you what you need. He knows what you want today. He's going to your need. And some of you in this room are in need of some very big things that are impossible with you, but they're not impossible for God.